Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike and we're excited to be with you today. We're going to take you to a place that we often are, are in, but maybe not quite so focused on, and that's early in the Old Testament. We're going to be in the book of Genesis on the podcast today, chapter 19, and it's a brutal story. It's the story of uh, Lot in the city of Sodom and the, the um, experience that he has there and then the judgment and mercy of God to follow. And we want to try to pull on some of the threads of this story. Mike, you're actually going to be preaching this coming up here uh, at a different church. Um, and maybe actually by the time this this airs, you'll have already preached this sermon. So it's been on your mind. But we want to think about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and, and try to, to import some of what it's saying into even our current context and think about what it might look like to stand strong in the middle of a hostile culture. So, Mike, let me just open it up to you. One thing that I think a lot of people would— um, you know, kind of immediately would jump to mind when it comes to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah is, um, yeah, the, the issue of sexual distortion. And as you're reading the story, uh, Lot is in the city, Sodom, and all of the, the men of the city, young and old, they come and they want to have relations with him in, in a, a homosexual way. Um, do you want to speak to maybe just the import of that? Is it is it central to the story? Is it just one aspect of Sodom's sin? How are we supposed to understand kind of the sexual... Um, you know, kind of de- deviancy in Sodom. And maybe I should say, maybe I should have said this earlier on the podcast, but obviously just if you're listening, there'd be a sensitivity on this kind of episode with who's listening with, if you're in the car, that kind of thing. But Mike, let me just pass that mm-hmm. to you and, and we can go from there. Okay. So, you know, it's very common nowadays to do some revisionist uh, history on, on the old Testament, especially and kind of whitewash things and say, you know, it really wasn't as bad. I mean, some people like to say, well, Sodom's sin was inhospitable. You know, they were inhospitable. It's like nothing could be further from the truth. Now, hospitality was a big deal. And, and Lot, one of the decisions he made that we just are wrecked by and shocked by is like, here, um, I'm not going to let you do this, but here, take my my two unmarried daughters. Yeah. And, and praise God, the angels didn't let that happen. Right. Okay. And God didn't let that happen. But... Uh, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you know, it's just one of their sins. Well, it's the sin they were known for. The mm-hmm. reason we have sodomy laws comes from the word Sodom. What we need to know about Sodom is that when when Abraham and Lot separated from one another because the land could not contain all of their you know flocks and herds, is that Abraham, Abraham told Lot, like, you choose wherever you want to go. Well, Lot looked up his eyes, lifted up his eyes and chose the Jordan Valley. So he said, hey, this is like the garden of the Lord. This is like the land of Egypt. We're, we're going. And so, and it says this was before Lot, the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. But it says in verse 13, now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. So we know that they were, they were very wicked. But what we know from Genesis 19 is that everyone there from young to old, was wicked against God. And what you'll notice is that when they were trying to force uh, their way into the house, it says that everyone, okay, everyone was young to old was, was kind of, you know, doing what they were doing. It's, it's not a situation where it's like, there were a few people there that, you know, were pretty messed up. Here's the thing. The main issue in Sodom was perverted sexual uh, activity. And from from what we find from the text, 
everyone in the city was okay with it hmm. and cheering it on. And that's the part that is, is so heinous before God. And so when he destroys Sodom, you know that in Genesis 19, Abraham was, Abram was, um, was interceding and saying, Lord, if you find, you know, 50 righteous and goes down to 10 mm-hmm. and God says, uh, yes, if, if for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. Well, God knew that there weren't 10, right? There weren't even five. Right. So when, when they were fleeing and they were forcing them to flee, it was Lot, his two daughters and his wife and his wife turned into the pillar of salt, uh, shortly thereafter. So really the most you could say is there was either one to three people righteous in yeah. that city. Hmm. And Second Timothy, uh, excuse me, Second Peter two tells us uh, that righteous Lot felt his righteous soul being tormented day after day. Three times in one verse in Second Peter two, Lot is called righteous. We're going to see Lot in heaven. Uh, don't you know? Don't pile on Lot too much, even though he made some bad decisions. Yep. So did Abraham. So did David. So right. did, so did uh, you know Adam and Eve. <laughs> right. And so there's plenty of people we'll see in heaven that. Uh, are, we're heinous sinners. I, let me just tell you, the, the main point, I think, of of uh, Genesis 19 is, in spite of man's sin, God remembers his salvation covenant with his chosen ones. And God is a God of justice and mercy. Mm-hmm. And he has mercy on those he has chosen. And mercy is what alleviates the the uh, consequences, the, the uh, misery that sin brings. Yep. And so that's the big deal. So when you talk about Sodom, yeah, we don't want to go away from from what the scriptures tell us. Right. And all the scriptures tell us about their sin is all their perverted sexual sins. Right. Right. No, that's helpful. Tell me if this is the right way to go with this. I, you know, you could say, well, was Sodom judged for their sexual sin? Um, or was that just kind of the cherry on top of a, a life of sin altogether? And Mike, I would say it seems like if you look at the whole pattern of scripture, sexual sin it, when it manifests in a society, it is a a flag waving that that indicates essentially everything is is rotten on the inside. It's kind of a you know it can be at least kind of a final frontier. Romans one is what's in my mind, sure. right? That God hands people over to right. sexual sin when they've exchanged the glory of God for idols. God hands them over in judgment to a distortion of the, themselves, even at the sexual level. So when you have a whole a city in this case. That's, you know, going after homosexuality and, and sexual, you know, uh, perversion. Mm-hmm. It's not to say, oh, God, you know, thinks of this sin in so much a more severe way than other sins. And so they're judged. It's it's that is a indicator that everything is wrong in the society to the point that they've now been handed over to right. this kind of perversion. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. And what that doesn't do is say that's not that bad of a sin. No, because <laughs> our culture right now is telling everyone that, uh, you know, all the pronouns and all the letters and everything, anything goes, okay? And that's absolutely untrue. Now, here's here's what we need to realize. Many times we'll say, oh, God's going to judge us for this. No, God is judging us in this. Yes. That this yeah. is the judgment. When you look at the downward spiral of Romans 1, therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity in dishonoring their bodies among themselves. So God gave them up. Uh, sin has consequences. Mm-hmm. This is the consequence of sin. So they, they were without excuse. They did not honor God. They did not give thanks. They became futile in their thinking. Their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images. 
right? Right. Then God gave them up and they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. That's why they exchanged the truth about mm -hmm. God for a mm -hmm. lie. Mm -hmm. When you do that, you worship and serve the creator, the creature rather than the creator who's blessed forever. For this reason, the judgment comes and then they have, uh, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Women exchanged natural relations for what is contrary to nature. So did the men, and they did not fit to see. They did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer. Right. So, for example, you cannot be a Christian and engage in this kind of lifestyle. Right. Now, yeah. Christians do that, but I'm saying you cannot be a Christian and condone and celebrate this kind of lifestyle. If you're a Christian and you are in this kind of lifestyle, you must confess it mm. and repent of it. Right. Right. And even in the society today, to apply this, the fact that you live in a society that says love is love, that says you can love whoever you want, that says you can be whatever gender you want to be, that says you can express your sexuality however you want, mm -hmm. that's not a sign that, oh, these things actually aren't so serious. The Bible's antiquated. You know, um, these things really aren't such a big deal. It's actually, it's actually a sign of just how bad things are in our society and the degree to which we're already under the judgment of God. Mm -hmm. So the temptation for any believer is to look around and say, well, look at how the world thinks about this. It must not really be so serious if it's a problem at all. But if we go back to scripture, we see, no, no, no. The fact that everybody's treating this so cavalierly and is so willing to break the created mold is the indication of just how bad things are in our mm -hmm. society. And mm -hmm. you look at the way that this is, um, you know, destroying the community of, of families and deteriorating the fabric of society, you go, oh yeah, I guess it is the judgment of God. Um, back to even just Genesis for a second, I was just going to say too, Mike, I think there's a theme even in that first book of the Bible of the way in which Satan, he goes after sexuality because it's such a foundational part of God's creation of mm -hmm. man and woman as the gendered beings in the right. image of God, right? So right. he creates them, man and woman, sexuality is a part of that within the marriage covenant. And the breakdowns immediately start to surface at that level where, where he's attacking the, the um, you know, role of man and woman within marriage as he tempts Eve. And then you have, um, you know, in Genesis, even the curses are related in some ways to the product of, of sexuality in, in uh, having children. You have Genesis 6, the Nephilim coming and having relations with women. There's an attack in a sexual dimension as well. Sodom and Gomorrah is kind of this like archetypal you know, instance of sin and that's centered on sexual morality. So when Christian, you know, some people I think would attack Christians and say, you, you Christians always make such a big deal about this. And I think it's appropriate to say, you know, the Bible holds this out as a mm -hmm. manifestation of the attack of the enemy against God's good design at, at possibly the most fundamental level. And so we're trying to just speak in line with the Bible when we point out that, no, no, this is actually a departure from God's good design. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's actually, uh, let's kind of move forward if we could Genesis, uh, not, you know, moving past Genesis, Sodom and Gomorrah becomes kind of this, this representative picture of sin for the rest of the old Testament where you have like judges 19, for example, as a story mm -hmm. where Israel is likened to Sodom and Gomorrah because they act out the same story that happened in Sodom in the opening chapters of Isaiah, you have Israel compared to Sodom and Gomorrah and their unfaithfulness to God. And you have judgment later likened to God's judgment to Sodom and Gomorrah. The new Testament brings it up again. So it seems like this picture that you mentioned in second Peter two of righteous lot in the midst of Sodom and Gomorrah. This is a picture that the Bible, you know, kind of holds up in various dimensions. So one, one application, Mike, that we were even talking about before the podcast, you know, I think it might be, um, how do you think about living in a society now if you're hoping to be like like lot righteous um 
living in a society that is so kind of tainted by sin and far away from God, how would Sodom and Gomorrah help you think about who God is, what he's mm-hmm. like, and how you can live in that situation? So maybe my, my first question to you would be, how do you evaluate it when somebody says something like, I'm thinking of our context in California. Oh, things are so bad in my situation, whether that's politically or culturally or possibly spiritually as well. I'm leaving. I'm going to go to a place where it doesn't seem so bleak. Is that a healthy way for believers to react? Is that is there anything dangerous in that? Maybe that can be a starting point. We can go from there. Okay. So, <laughs> so you just said a lot. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. It's great. I'm just let's, let me un, let me step back a, a, a ways on this because I want to get to the question of so you're going to move you know to a, a better social political area and not think about spiritual things maybe but I want to mm. get to that and and how that could even lead to some other things okay because every every decision we make has consequences mm. but I think you st- take a step back and even the idea of our city you know like when something plastic or wax uh, gets melted and it's gets warped beyond recognition but then someone might walk up and go oh yeah that's that's totally fine that's totally normal our society is warped beyond recognition and you know, sexual perversion is an outgrowth of man's attack on the image of God and God's subsequent judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned it's a manifestation of an, of the, of the attack of the enemy on God's good design. And And the thing about that is who God is, is who God is. God never changes. Okay. Satan deceives and man is responsible for anything he does under Satan's deception. It was an old, um, comedian that used to uh, like to say um, the devil made me do it. Oh yeah. And you can't blame the devil. So, right. Okay. So anyone in Sodom couldn't say, Oh, it's because of the devil, you know? <laughs> right. Right. And I guess I just want to make sure we're very clear that yeah, the enemy has attacked God's good design, but mankind, and this is what Romans one talks about. They do not see fit. We know, we know anyone who's not a believer, anyone who's, you know, spurned Christ and said, forget it. I don't want that. Is blind, Satan has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so they would not see. But the idea that they hate God, they are saying, you have no right to rule over us. We are our own God. Man will absolutely answer for that 100%. So when you think about that, you first have to acknowledge who God is and say, okay, are you going to bow before the righteous, sovereign, holy, triune God who has, saving, who has savingly revealed himself in Jesus Christ do you believe in the Lord Jesus and are you saved? Okay. Believe in his finished work on the cross. You have to go there first. Now, then you go, well, wait, uh, let's say someone's struggling with sexual perversion or pornography and all kinds of things. Is a believer repenting of that, uh, hating that or leaning into it and loving it? Mm. Okay. And the reason that makes such a big deal is because Lot lived in Sodom. And didn't seem to make any difference for all the years he lived there. Hmm. And Lot chose what was good for his flocks. So let's we're going to get into moving to a place because of something you like. Hmm. Whether it's oh I'm going to move to a place just because I'm going to get paid more, hmm. and my kids will my kids will make do. Or I'm moving to a place because they're more theologically uh, sound there. Okay. Or they're more politically conservative. Mm-hmm. Or they're more. Uh, social, it, it, the costs are lower or whatever it is. I know plenty of people that seem to explain themselves like that. We're moving out of California because it's so bad here. Yep. And then they tell me where they're moving. 
And by the way, in, in the last 30 years, there's been about five states that that is localized on. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Not always more conservative states, but most of the time more politically conservative states and more there's a, a myth of the greener grass like, oh, it's more biblical there somehow mm-hmm. or it's more or people are friendlier there or whatever. Right, right. And all I, all I say is just just wait. Okay. There is not one inch of creation that has not been infected by the curse. Mm-hmm. And there's weeds growing everywhere and grass is brown everywhere. And there are plenty of people in every location who are ungodly and need Jesus. So don't tell me you're going to utopia. Okay. Right. right. So go love Jesus and do whatever you want. Look, Christian, if you want to go move to a place that you think is going to be a better quality of life for your family, fine, but count the cost and think about the consequences. Mm. And there are consequences yeah. for a lot moving to Sodom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. And definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But I think people would tell me I'm, I'm pushing a little bit. I think people would liken what they're doing to lot leaving Sodom. <laughs> I'm serious. Well, Lot didn't well, leave Sodom on his own. Right, okay. right. Yeah, the Lord rescues. So, yes. So, yeah. so God showed mercy. Here's here's what happened with Lot leaving Sodom. Um, I don't want to leave. It's really nice, and I, I can't go with all my without all my flocks. No, you don't get it, dude. Everything's gonna get burned. Mm. You're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna be escaped with the with the with the uh, by the skin of your teeth. And literally, they had to forcibly take him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand and pull them out of the city because he didn't want to go. So it's funny thing is like fleeing Sodom. Uh, no one flees Sodom. Yep. Because if you flee Sodom, you just go into another Sodom. I, what, I'm, what I mean by that is if you think, oh, I'm leaving this bad place to go to a good place, you, you, you haven't done enough homework. Right. <laughs> right. Your research is, is suspect. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you're miss you're missing the connection because the second Peter connection, Peter says he's using an example. If by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, God condemned them to extinction, making them an example. I picked that mid sentence, but yes, yes. Making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. Mm -hmm. Meaning. And then he starts to explain this is we're talking about final judgment here. Right. Well, then he's able to 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 rescue the righteous. Right. Able to rescue the righteous. But in verse nine. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. trials yes, bingo. And to keep them, and to keep the unrighteous. I'm sorry, the unrighteous under punishment until, until the day the, yeah. of judgment. So the, the equivalent is, hey, I'm living in anywhere in the world. Every foot, you know, square foot of planet Earth is quote unquote Sodom. Yeah. It's the unrighteous place that the righteous live in, with the Lord preserving them from trials until the yeah. final day of judgment. So the idea that I'm going to be like Lot, he left Sodom. So I'm going to go and, and be in a different place. That doesn't hold water, you know, in terms of. No, the, do not a, use a that Bible as your connection. Example. Yeah, no. And, and by the way, the, and continuing where we were at right there in Second Peter, especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority, mm-hmm. bold and willful. They do not tremble when they when they basically blaspheme. So and Jude says a similar thing. I mean, Jude uh, five, I, I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it. Got to be reminded, right. Jesus, who saved the people out of Egypt. Oh, yeah, Jesus saved them out of Egypt. Afterward, destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not stay with their own position of authority left their proper dwelling. And it goes on and on. And it says, they kept an eternal change under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire. Now, you want to talk about why Sodom got destroyed? Uh, Jude tells us. They serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Hmm. 
Yet in like manner, these people also relying on their dreams to file the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. Yep. Now, you know, Second Peter and Jude are very similar in the parallels there. But, you know, the idea is just as. So now you go back and say, yeah, you know what? It's still going on right now. Yep. You, we, and let's get to the brass tacks. Here's the thing. And really, we have like two minutes left. So let's, yeah. we got to land this plane and hopefully we won't crash it. But here's the thing. God is a God of justice and mercy. And if perchance God has opened your heart to the gospel, it's because he's had mercy on your soul. And if you're going to flee from the wrath to come, it's because God had mercy on your soul. Hmm. And if you're going to find yourself in heaven, it's because God took you by the hand and pulled you out of the miry pit. Mm -hmm. And Lot didn't want to leave Sodom. Why? Not because he liked the sin of Sodom. He liked the benefits of Sodom. He liked the fact that as a rich man, his flocks were well fed and well watered. And it was, again, it was like the garden of the Lord. Interesting. Mm. Took you back to Eden. Mm -hmm. So, no, we should be looking forward to, you know, Eden 2.0. Right. The new heavens and the new earth. Right. But, but, it, but we're stuck here right now. Yep. And only by God's mercy hmm. will we escape. Are we preserved? Yeah. 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 No, praise God. I think just one more connection biblically to make, and then we can start to wrap this one up. But uh, Matthew. 1123 Jesus is talking you Capernaum will you be lifted up to heavens no you'll go down to hate for if the miracles that were performed in you uh, had been performed in Sodom it would have remained to this day so maybe just a final you know shot towards us religious types probably most of the people listening to the podcast you know within Israel Jesus says this totally unbelieving pagan sexually immoral Gentile people if they'd been exposed to my ministry Sodom would still be here you know but you you rejected me so there's mm -hmm. a they're very much kind of a you know in home danger of looking at Sodom or quote unquote, all the ungodly people out there and saying, look at them. They've missed it. They don't get it while having just kind of ourselves, these self-righteous hearts, you know, that might, maybe we give lip service to Jesus, but we actually just do whatever we want. Or we're so proud that we're conservative and the world is drifting away. There's dangers no, there. No, you we know? have to, no, we have to, uh, 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 we're always called examine your own heart. Right. Like, and that, that's the thing. Like so many Christians are like, you can't, you can't question me. Oh, well, then you're not repentant. Uh -huh. I mean, let's examine our own hearts yep. and make sure that we're not falling into some of the errors of Lot mm -hmm. and don't say, well, you know, I'll just be like Lot. I'll do whatever I jolly well please, and God will, re God will um, help me escape in the last moment. Mm -hmm. You know, that's presuming upon the grace of God. Mm -hmm. That's trampling on the grace of God. Mm -hmm. No, don't no. do it. We so desperately yeah. need, and you know, landing the plane but even you look at you look at sexual sounding especially pornography but, but other sins well within the camp evangelicalism we have our own skeletons in the closet you know so there's a humility there all of us we just desperately need the lord's grace um we need jesus to liberate us from our own you know tendencies towards idolatry and towards perverting god's good grace so i think that's the place that we're going to wrap things up today uh, Mike, anything from you before we close? Well, yeah, just what you just said. Uh, look, don't don't go look out there, but you have to you have to do the the examine your own heart. You know, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith at this present moment, and and repent, and and do what is right, and and follow Christ. This is for believers. Mm -hmm. If you're not a believer, believe in the Lord Jesus. Turn from your sins. Turn to Christ, and and He will save you. And and I I just say this last closing thing. We're to confess our sins, not condemn other people for theirs, and not condone and celebrate sin. That's a great place to end. Yeah, just an you know, encouragement to you as you're listening to this. If there's no one in your life that you're able to talk with your struggles, uh, you know, talk uh, with your struggles about that, 
you need that. We all, every Christian does. So that would be an encouragement to those who are believers who are listening. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, we're grateful for you. And we pray for you throughout the week. We'll uh, talk to you next time. And until then, God bless you and have a great day.